Hello everybody and welcome to Penguins To Go, your daily dose of Pittsburgh Penguins news and analysis. You can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcasts from. Well, while the Penguins were on a hot streak, four straight wins heading into the trade deadline, they fell flat on their faces on Saturday night against the Florida Panthers. And one of the things that was apparent to me, despite the only goal for the Penguins coming on the two-man advantage on a five-on-three with Chris Letang's goal against Sergei Bobrovsky, is that the Penguins need to make sweeping changes to their power play. Not just a tinker here and there, not just let's fix this little area, maybe that'll fix it, not just one player being changed and switched out like they've switched out Ricard Raquel and Brian Rust six times throughout the year. These little fixes are not going to change anything. They need to make sweeping changes. Now, that doesn't mean all five of the guys that are on their top power play are out and they supplant them with five new guys because that's just not the best idea. What they need to do is make little changes here and there with the personnel, and they also need to fix the actual scheme of the power play because this has been the scheme that they've ran since Todd Reardon has come back, and it's just not working this season. Teams have it figured out. But the one thing I can't figure out is why there is such a disparity for this team and this power play unit specifically at home and on the road. I know that a lot of times teams play better at home. They have some slight advantages. You know, the last line change, you're at home. So obviously you're, you know, you're not sleeping and waking up in a hotel room. But at the same time, the disparity in the power play is significant. Like at home, the Pittsburgh Penguins have the sixth best power play in the National Hockey League. 26.9% success rate on the power play at home. Again, that's just in case you missed what I said. The sixth best at PPG Paints Arena, right? On the road, they're 31st. The only team worse than them on the power play on the road this season is the Philadelphia Flyers. A team that is nowhere near any sort of relevance this season. They're not even bad enough to really be in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes, but they're not good enough to be in any type of playoff conversation when it seems like most of the Eastern Conference this year is in a playoff conversation. So they are as middling as middling gets. They have the 32nd ranked road power play. The Penguins are 31st. 15.2% success rate. It's mind-numbing how much worse they are away from home. So when I look at the power play, the biggest issue to me, and I'm pretty sure it's evident to everybody that watches any of these games, their breakout is horrendous. It is awful. Starts with the drop pass. When you have a player coming up at half speed to the, the own blue line, sometimes he gets the whole way to the red line, and then he turns his back on the entire other eight players on the ice to drop it back to the last player in the Penguins zone breaking out. Now, I understand what the purpose of this usually is, is to get that player coming up with speed, try to force everybody into a ball, and try to get this person to come up with speed, find the gap, and just shoot through, because everybody else is flat-footed. But, this season, it's not 
working. I can't recall it working effectively on a consistent basis, really at all. Not to say that it hasn't. I'm just saying I can't remember that. Because as of right now, thanks to the drop pass breakout, the Penguins are struggling to gain the zone. They haven't really been able to get clear entrances into the zone. And their results are either they turn the puck over at the blue line and the puck goes down 200 feet behind either Tristan Jari or Casey DeSmith, or they dump it in. And the problem with that is your four skaters are standing flat-footed at the blue line, so clearly they're not going to win a, a skating battle back to the puck. And the puck comes down 200 feet away, away from the goal. Hence, when you're watching these games, when the Penguins are on the power play, you just see them try to get into the zone, and it gets sent down immediately. Try to get into the zone, it gets sent down immediately. Next thing you know, 60 seconds are off the clock, and Mike Sullivan is so disgusted from what he's seen that he puts the second unit out there. So... The drop pass and the breakout needs an overhaul. You need to change that. And this isn't the NFL and an offense, right? It's entirely different trying to change an offensive output, an offensive idealism in an NFL season because you've been training these guys all the time on this. I understand that it's it's not going to be flip a switch, this is what we're doing, and now all of a sudden it's cured, and it's not going to take two seconds for them to pick up on a new system. But at least a new breakout is needed. And if you continue to do this, we talked about the definition of insanity leading into the trade deadline with what everybody's doing with the third line, Mike Sullivan running out the same forward lines. We said, you know, if you keep doing it and expect a different result, what, what are we doing here? Well, the same thing goes for the power play. Because even though it is sixth in the NHL at home, you can tell that a lot of the time when they score, it's not due to the actual scheme of the power play. A lot of it is just the talent that is on this roster eventually shines through and eventually gets the job done. So fix the breakout. That's number one. Number two, it's time to stop playing that one defense system. I understood it for a long time. Chris Letang, let's, let's be honest, one of the best defensemen for the past decade plus. Especially you look on the power play, the man is a fantastic skater, one of the best in the league. He is a great facilitator, and when he chooses to, he has a pretty darn good shot. Well, when he refuses to shoot the puck, he becomes one-dimensional. And also, with the one-defense system, who is at the top there? Most of the time, the two closest guys to the neutral zone are Chris Letang and Evgeny Malkin. Now, Letang is a defenseman. He is a fantastic skater, but of all the defensemen that we've ever seen on the Pittsburgh Penguins in the Crosby era, he is the one that can get into his own head daydreaming a little bit about the offensive side of the puck and forget that he has a defensive responsibility. Doesn't happen a lot, but he does make those mistakes. Why do you think Brian Dumoulin made a career of being the defensive safety blanket for Chris Letang throughout the majority of the late 2010s? because that's what is necessary a lot of the time. Now, on the power play, you're not going to put Brian Dumoulin out there, right? But the point is you need somebody out there in case he needs a defensive safety blanket in that situation. The Penguins have given up far too many shorthanded opportunities this season, whether it be two-on-ones, breakaways, three-on-twos. They just get outmanned on the on the power play far too often, than more, more than any other team should. 
And the other reason for that is, I said there needs to be a safety blanket. Right now, that's Evgeny Malkin. He's playing up high as well. Now, again, I don't want to slander these guys too much, but when you think defensive, defensively responsible, Evgeny Malkin does not come to the top of your mind. You see that happen. You see the way that these guys play the game because they are so talented. They can make these ridiculous passes, so they continue to try to make these ridiculous passes, but when they don't work, when they are basically telegraphed, other teams can take advantage of that, get the shorthanded opportunities, and, and there's been a good amount of times this season that it's paid off for the team on the penalty kill. So I think you need two defensemen. So I think it's both personnel and scheme that need fixed. Now, this is the five that I would go with, personally. Doesn't mean it's the five that's gonna happen. Does not mean it's the five that needs to happen. This is the five that if I was Mike Sullivan and Todd Reardon constructing this top power play unit, this is the way I would go with it. I would put Sidney Crosby down in the net front and have him play around the goal line. I mean, he's the best puck protector in the National Hockey League. He has been for some time now. And I know that there's sometimes that he plays down around there. He plays kind of in the corner on the right half wall. But what kind of danger really is that? I know we've seen the one-timer where he's down low from a ridiculous angle. He puts it up top shelf. That's where he scored his 500th goal against the Philadelphia Flyers. I get that. But that just feels like such a low percentage area to put the best player on the team. Not only is he one of the best puck protectors in the league, he's one of the best at deflecting the puck into the net, right? His hand-eye coordination is amongst the best in the league. It's Joe Pavelski at the top, basically. Probably Sidney Crosby right underneath that. Maybe Chris Kreider right there as well. So put him in front of the net. I know everybody has nightmares about him breaking his jaw back in 2013, but let's be honest, who was shooting the puck back then? Who shot the puck that broke his jaw? It's Brooks Orpik. Brooks Orpik, or anybody close to Brooks Orpik, is not going to be shooting the puck on the power play. So put him in front of the net. Let him get those deflections. Let him win those puck battles. I think that's the best place for him on the power play, to be completely honest. Here is the first personnel change. Jake Gensel comes off the ice. Brian Rust goes in as the bumper position. Now, when I say the bumper position, most people think TJ Oshie because he's done it so effectively in Washington since he went back there in 2015, not back there, when he went there in 2015. Brian Rust, I feel like, fits that mold perfectly. But the Penguins don't use the bumper very often. They need to start using that more to get higher percentage shots closer to the net, right in that wheelhouse. I know it's not easy, but if there's anybody that's going to be able to do it, it's Brian Rust. Now, why do I have him there instead of Gensel? Because I feel like Brian Rust, in close quarters like that, you're going to be in the middle of whatever penalty kill scheme you're going up against. He has better stick handling in close quarters. Gensel is a fantastic shooter. He is a fantastic passer. The one thing that he does lack a little bit is that stick handling ability. Brian Rust has a little bit of an advantage there. So I put Rust there in the bumper spot. I also think Brian Rust is more likely to shoot. He's more of a gunner. Whereas Jake Gensel... He has that playmaking mindset because he's played with Crosby for so long, and that's basically all he's really played with. He's going to look to make the extra pass. Brian Rust, I think, is easier trained to just shoot. 
So I put Rust in the bumper position. The right half wall, you just keep Malkin there and just set him up for one-timers. But the one thing that I adjust is don't have him as close to the blue line as you usually do. Right? Don't put him way up on the blue line. Now I know, listen, these guys aren't going to stay stagnant. Eventually he's going to get up there. But from a base position, have him a little bit lower on that half wall. Set him up for one-timers. That's where a lot of the Penguins' power play success comes from. Whenever he gets that one-timer set up and he shoots the puck on the net, creating chaos, and then somebody buries a rebound. Keep him up there. Keep him on the right half wall. And keep setting him up for one-timers. Because that's one of the best things about the Pittsburgh Penguins' power play as a, as a whole. Latang, I move him off of the point. I take the quarterback position away from him. And I put him on the left half wall. That's been taken up by Rust and Raquel. On exchange, all season long. Put Latang there. Promote more shooting from him in that position. You saw what he did on Saturday against the Florida Panthers. You saw what he did in overtime against the Florida Panthers about a month ago. That's the same exact spot. Put him in that spot. Promote more shooting from him in general. Set him up for some one-timers on that end. And try to get a little bit more while inputting the two defense system. And then put Jeff Petrie at the point. I think Petrie is much more willing to shoot from that position than Jeff, not Jeff Carter, uh, than Chris Letang ever has. And I also think you put that two defense system there. You put him at the point. He's a little bit more conservative with the puck than Chris Letang is. But I still think he still has the abilities to facilitate left and right. So Crosby at the net front, Rust as the bumper, Malkin on the right half wall, Letang on the left half wall, and Petrie at the point. Do that, overhaul the breakout, and I think you'll have a more consistent power play. There's too much talent on this roster to be that bad on the power play, especially on the road, right? 31st in the league on the road on the power play is just not good enough. And why is it more important now than ever? One, the Pittsburgh Penguins are in a dogfight for that last playoff spot. I understand they're about to have a five-game homestand, and their power play technically has no issues at home if you look at just the stats. But if you watch the games, you know the power play has issues everywhere. Right? As of right now, the Penguins have an 88.4% chance to make the playoffs, according to MoneyPuck.com. That changes every day, but right now the Penguins, the math is on their side. But if they're going to make the playoffs, it seems like they do at this moment again. Things can change. But if they make the playoffs, you need to be road warriors. You're going to have to be. You're not going to get home ice advantage in the first round. If you win a round, you're probably not going to get home ice advantage at all in these playoffs. So you're going to be starting these series out on the road. You're going to be playing, if you make it to seven games in any of these series, you're going to be playing the majority of them on the road, including two of the most pivotal games in any series, Game 5 and Game 7. Look at last year against the Rangers. Power play at home, 30% success rate. Power play on the road against the Rangers, 17% success rate. Games one through four. Penguins were up three to one after the first four games. They had a 28.5 success rate on the power play. Games five through seven, three straight losses to get booted from the playoffs. Their power play, 15%. It's a lot more pivotal than anybody says. And clearly it is pivotal to begin with. 
But that's going to do it for this episode of Penguins to Go. Thank you so much for tuning in. Remember, you can find us on YouTube at Inside the Penguins or anywhere you get your podcast from. We'll see you guys next time.